Yes, hello. I am James Rodens, and today it's dubbing our 510. It's Elimination Chamber 2024. But before we start, I just have a quick announcement. Just to let everybody know, I will no longer be doing TNA podcasts. A lot of people have asked the question, and I have promised it a lot of times, but it's just not happening anymore. Uh, part of the reason is I blame the team because I've never liked doing podcasts by myself, uh, and I still don't, so I won't. So at the moment, with New Japan and AEW and WWE and everything else, I'm still watching the product, but we're just not going to kind of review it on the WWE podcast, at least until maybe later on in the year. But anyway, let's go on with it, because I'm not alone here. I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team. Up first, by my side for every WWE and AEW show is, of course, the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. How's it going, Jaxie? Hello, not too bad, thank you. Happy uh, Saturday night. Yes, happy Saturday. Happy free eve, <laughs> eve to the uh, AEW re- revolution. Yeah, It feels like it's been a while, though, since we've done the last show, hasn't it? You know, I know we've got revolution coming up, and of course, WrestleMania, but with Chamber, doesn't rumble seem mm-hmm. a long time ago now? It does, indeed. Um, we've got a lot coming up, though, so I feel like um, we've, you know, enjoyed kind of a decent break before the chaos ensues <laughs> well shallow of a doubt we're up next our resident nxt expert and new japan demigod is of course monty how's it going man it's going great it's going great happy to be back as always uh another fun show you, you guys make a great point it does feel like forever in between the last time we uh all was together and talked about uh everything but you know it's always fun i'm always looking forward to it and just like you mentioned don't don't feel bad about impact man i don't know how anybody even <laughs> have the time to keep up with more than the two major american promotions at this point with the amount of show output that we have so and even then, I, like trying to keep up with New Japan, like I feel your pain. So trying to make a podcast specifically for that, yeah, it's tough. It's really, the really thing tough. Is, so, is NXT as you know is an animal in its own right as well. So to be able to right. proper attention to that, you know. Um, but again, you've got a swagger to your walk at the moment because you have been on fire when it comes to predictions, uh, and I am worried about yes. today as well. Yeah, I've been on, I've been on a been on a good good little roll here. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I some it's a little bit of luck, but I, you know, I I I, I want to give myself all of the credit. So it, it's been great. It's been great for me. Uh, we'll yes. see if I can keep it going. And uh, first AEW show to predict. I don't know about that. We'll see. That well, Tony always <laughs> throws me for a loop. So we'll see. Yeah, like I said, if we get time, we'll definitely do the AEW predictions. But we've got a lot to cover today. But of course, yeah. last but by no means least. And what's that metronome I hear? Perhaps the end is drawing near. You never hear the shot that takes you down. Now your dreams are memory and seems more true from far away. Just like smoke that fades and make no sound. Out of time. So say goodbye. What is yours <laughs> now is mine. And I dream broken dreams. I make them come true. I make them for you. How's it going, Gina? You're right. Did you like that rendition of Broken Dreams? 
<laughs> I loved it, James. You know I love all your different renditions. What did you do, team? Are you excited for today's show? Like I said, Elimination Chamber. We're going down under. I mean, yeah, I'm excited for for this pod, although I'm not sure why, because I think I made a few mistakes along the way to start off my year. But we'll see. We'll see. Oh, don't worry, we all did to get here. So, um, But like we said, we've got the Chamber, Raw and SmackDown view, but let's start with news. And it is a rough one this month, so I do apologise. Um, the first story we will cover is uh, Maurice. I say she was diagnosed with pre-cancerous condition. Is the cause horrible news that we had um, and heard? Uh, Jaxie, of course, part of the WWE family. It's always um, horrible to hear bad news, but she's hoping to maybe recover. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, with the Miz as well, uh, we've seen with Miz and Mrs. Yeah. and Maurice, of course, talented former women's champion as well. She's really strong, and I, you know, I'm wishing nothing but the best uh, in just her recovery um, and undergoing the surgery itself. This shouldn't have to happen to any woman, and I'm sorry for any woman that suffers with this or has gone through this. Um, You know, my thoughts are all with you, but, you know, we have to stay positive, and hopefully a positive outcome will come from this. So all my love to Ms. Maurice, to their family, um, to anyone else that is also going through the same thing. Yeah, completely agree with you there. Uh, Up next, and... Ollie Anderson, who was 81 years old, died. And, of course, a lot of people, one of the original members of the Four Horsemen, a lot of people upset. Uh, For me, I've heard some really kind of weird stories about Ollie Anderson. Whether this is a time or place to talk about that, I'm not sure. But, of course, Monty, with uh, his kind of traditional background uh, and working with the Horsemen, of course, a lot of people are calling him legendary, you know? Yeah, uh, him and Arn, I know they were, uh, shoot, I, I still sometimes think they actually, used to think they were actually related <laughs> uh, until I found out they uh, they weren't, you know, that was the gimmick. But, uh, yeah, man, they were legendary. I'm from the, I'm from the southern United States, so they do have, they uh, him, his run with the horsemen, his run with Arn uh, is renowned, but I'm with you. I know exactly what you mean about the stories about Oli and uh, him, him not, him, you know, some of the things that you hear about, and you're 100% on the money. When someone passes away, it's one of those weird things when it's like, is this the time to focus on, you know, some of that part? Or do you just, you know, let let them rest and just move on and talk about the impact that he had on the sport, the the, uh, the business that we love, which is wrestling. And I just focus on that. Like I said, as a full member of the Four Horsemen, in a, as a tag, in a tag team, we're on Anderson. He was uh, one of those figures that, uh, along with the flares, along with the Tully Blanchards, you know, he was right along, J.J. Dillon, right along with the uh, rest of those legendary horsemen figures. And uh, he should be remembered for for that, too. But I do, I don't mind it. I'm not one of those people who mind people bringing up some of the other stuff, too, because you don't want that to just, you don't want to just be glorifying uh someone who had, you know, maybe a controversial past, probably the best way to come sum it up, sums it all up. But yeah, uh, rest in peace. With, like again, it's just like I say with a lot of times when we lose someone of the, of the uh, wrestling family, it does suck. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely of the same mind on you about a lot of the stuff I've heard about him. And uh, I just leave it at that because I don't know much about it uh, other than what other other wrestlers and other people have said. 
uh, in, since then. So, but yeah, he was a he was a member of the Horsemen. He was, and I do know Owen and Oli, especially around these parts where I'm from. Yeah, man, they wanted to um, one of those tag teams that a lot of people remember fondly. I mean, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew had one of the coolest names, let alone kind of what they right. did. Uh, but like you said, it's always weird um, when someone does that. And of course, we had another announcement as well, which was even more shocking. Uh, the fact that Michael Jones, it was on Wednesday, or better known as Virgil, died at the age of 61. And of course, known as Million Dollar Man's kind of um, well, manservant, as it was. And of course, partner, well, part of the NWO. I mean, Gina, again, this is really sad to lose someone in the W universe. And Virgil was kind of legendary on the kind of the, the circuit meeting fans and of course on Twitter as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it was very felt across the t- Twitterverse or the Xverse um, this week when Virgil passed. The, the announcing was very sad and he was just, he's very known for just being such a well-loved guy. And if I'm truly honest, it's sad because he looks quite similar to one of my uncles as well. So I always kind of looked at him like a distant uncle. Um, so you just always, you know, you have that thought in mind when you when you hear of these passings. And, you know, again, we all we all send out our loves and blessings to them. But we also want to honor and make sure that like, his life is remembered for the greatness he brought for, with it. So that's what we'll think of. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, he will be missed. All right, we're going to try and uh, pick up now. We're going to Raw and SmackDown review. And Monty, as you know as well, sometimes looking back, a lot has changed. But let's just go with it, all right? We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Uh, 5th of February Raw, World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins kicked off the show, calling out Cody Rhodes. Remember when that was going to happen? Uh, seeking an answer if he was going to meet him or not. Rhodes made his way to the ring before he could answer. Drew McIntyre came out. Uh, Scott attempted to convince the American Nightmare to finish his story, open up Rollins to defend the title against McIntyre at the grandest stage of them all. Of course, Cody then cheap shot at Drew, who was just spitting facts, really. I mean, it's really unfair. The treatment of Drew on this podcast is is one of those things that is going to be quite shocking. Uh, DIYs, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Garner beat Imperium, the New Day and the Creed Brothers in the Fatal 4-Way. This was great. Jackson, I'm going to ask you a question because we're going to see a bit of DIY. Have you changed your stance on Johnny Gagano yet? Are you starting to see a little bit more? Mm. <sighs> no, not really. Um, do you know what? I think it's just actually more about to, to do with the booking because, like, listen, don't get me wrong. I don't actually dislike the the guy. I think he's a great wrestler. I've actually seen his work on NXT. I think both Champa and Johnny Gargano in NXT had such great runs. But right now, the storyline is it's not doing much for me. It's not working for me. So, and and I don't know if it's because of it going against the Judgment Day and right now. I don't know. Something's not working for me, so I'm just not really connecting with them at the moment in terms of seeing them as formidable um, enough to win the belts off of the Judgment Day. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the best thing to suggest is here, to be honest. But well, right now, it's just not working. I'm just glad Becky Lynch beat Shania Baszler in an Elimination Chamber qualifier. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we get Women's World Champion Ray Ripley enraged over the attack she suffered from Nia Jax. Adam Pearce made the match official for Elimination Chamber. Our truth costs Judgment Day again. 
uh, Intercontinental Champions Gunther made his ring to celebrate over 600 days with the gold. I mean, Monty, when he was NXT UK champion, not in my wildest dreams, I thought he might be champion, but not actually hold it for like nearly 150 days more than he did the UK one. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's amazing, man. Like, again, as someone who's uh, who's been not only a part of Gunther's journey uh, for pretty much his entire run with the belt, uh, uh, with NXT, with the NXT title, uh, UK title, not just the IC belt, but I've been here from the beginning. It's all we talk about it all the time as the NXT guys. Like it's always, you never really know if it's going to translate the same way. You just kind of mentioned it with Gargano and uh, and Ciampa. You know, uh, you don't really know if it's going to get over the exact same way, or is it, or can you do something similar? But really, other than the name change and. You know, a couple of details here and there, and of course, you know his 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 body evolution over the years. Gunther is basically doing the same thing he he's always done, and that's just be dominant and put on banger matches and have that presence of just being a big deal. And I think one thing I love the most about him uh, about this run is not just because he's held it so long and he's been so great, is that he's held it long, been great. Is it still feels interesting like i'm really interested in who they decide to give a shot at finally ending it and then also uh it's just the way he's been he's been able to go about doing it and the fact that if this is the first time in forever i felt like if gunther was to be someone to win the world title whether it's from self or from roman even as intercontinental champion you feel like this is the first time an ic champion feel like he's ready for world championship already like, I don't think I've been in that shoe, been in them, been in that situation in a long time. You remember growing up, they told us the IC belt was priming you for the top spot. So I just, I really love the fact that the IC belt and Gunther, as what he's done for that belt in general, and whoever wins it, if the, if they do it right after he wins it from Gunther, that they should strap the rocket on whoever that guy is because of just how great Gunther has been on top. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Well, Jay Uso took exception and. Challenged Gunther. We saw the Kabuka Warriors defeating Carter and Chance to retain, and Cody Rose beat Nakamura in a bull rope match. Drew rightfully beat the shit out of Cody afterwards. And move on to the press conference, uh, February 8th, in the Epic Mania video. Michael Cole uh, on the panel with uh, Pat McAfee, CM Punk, but I think Big E was the nicest surprise. I mean, Gina, how great was it to see Big E? And why don't they use him more often if he's kind of ready to do this sort of stuff, you know? I mean, you would think that they would jump on this opportunity because we all know he's amazing on the mic from all the times that he would just sit there and be on commentary when he's watching his boys fight and stuff. You know, the New Day used to be on commentary a lot during each other's matches. So it's not like we don't know that he can't do it. We know he can, and everybody loves Big E. I think we'd all just love to see him back in any form of capacity, even if that means, you know, commentating. And I think his um his his personality with, with Pat would be amazing. It would just be a dream team <laughs> in a way. But um, I, I don't see why they haven't done that yet, but maybe they're trying to save money. As we know, they're still cutting people. Well, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens, but it's great to see him. But they set the stage for WrestleMania. Uh, Seth Rollins came out after Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley had time to speak. 
with Becky Lynch also interrupting Ripley. This was, of course, before <laughs> the Chamber. Not to give anything away to anybody, uh, but Rollins didn't waste any time, so he invited Cody out. However, Roman made his way out um, as Rollins looked on. Seth took a shot at Roman for showing up for work once, but the head of the table wanted to talk about Cody Rhodes. Roman Reigns said Cody didn't make a decision. He's choosing The Rock. Suddenly, The Rock made his way out, looking like a huge star, no doubt about that. Asked the crowd if they think Roman Reigns will beat him at WrestleMania with mixed response. Uh, finally, Cody Rhodes came out and said, this right here is bullshit. They're not calling the shots. He's calling it his shot, and he wants Roman Reigns in the main event at WrestleMania 40. And just when they faced off The Rock, then slapped the shit out of Cody Rhodes. Jaxie, this was phenomenal. I, I loved I loved everything about it. Even Cody getting slapped like a little bitch. I mean, seriously, like, you could actually hear that stuff from across the world. Uh, I was definitely not expecting it, so you can imagine I was shocked to hell when this happened. But I was all warm for it. Um, I just think that this builds to, you know, the dramatics of this storyline that has been very dramatic, you know? So why not go all the way? Um, this was, like, a great way to kind of solidify that Cody is going to WrestleMania to face Roman and finish his story. But also, I just kind of felt a bit bad for Seth because Seth really was a background character throughout this whole section. Um, so if they were, like, really trying to big up his title, they did not so great a job in that. But in building Cody Rhodes up, they did a great job. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. This was just great, you know, uh, everything about it. And we move on to SmackDown February 9th with Triple H kicking off the Smack, uh, SmackDown because we'd seen the interactions between him and The Rock the night before. The Rock saying basically Triple H, like, you know, sort it out or I will. He was there with the general managers, alluded to the power struggle and saying he didn't give a shit what The Rock said. It will be Cody versus Roman. And from there, they announced Seth Rollins will defend at WrestleMania. The winner determined in the Elimination Chamber. Participants include, um, well, we're going to go through it anyway. The main one was Drew McIntyre. Let's not lie. Uh, he came out, you know, looking like a main eventer. <laughs> took a few shots to see him punk. Took credit for Rose choosing. Can, can we just say it is down to McIntyre that Cody picked Roman? Because like I said, the last time we left this podcast at the Rumble, Cody, like the little bitch, had kind of giving it to The Rock and Drew was like, nah, think about it. Like, fair play. So the Rock literally put a family tree up there and said no, no other family is important. I would give that more credit than Drew. But hey, tell your story, James. Tell your story. Well, no, no, I'm just saying, is it a coincidence then that Drew knocks some sense into Cody and he makes a decision at press conference? Hey. Anyway... McIntyre also vowed to save the world title by beating Rollins at WrestleMania. And in Elimination Chamber qualifier, DM Hunk, as I might be calling him how, easily beat AJ Styles. Wasn't even an issue. Um, Elimination Chamber qualifier, Bianca Belair beat me chin. We got a Bailey promo with Dakota Kai interrupted Bailey. Found herself in defense, explained she did not know her friends were going to um, beat her up. Yeah, I'm sure about that. Lumber Contendership match, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn beat DIY in a banger. Uh, Truth interrupted Owens, calling him Miz and telling him not to let Nick catch him. Owens asked Nick Mysterio, to which Truth replied, no, Nick Oldest. Now, this was funny. Uh, and again, Monty, our Truth is showing. I mean, we're going to get onto Dick's in a little bit, but even with Judgment Day, his interactions with everybody 
is literally gold at the moment. Yeah, man, he's on fire. He's on fire, and I just love how they how they're continuing to use him uh, to the point to where when uh, when he's mentioned or when he's done things, if you notice, he's just as over as about anybody else. Like you put him up there with Jay and Cody with his react with the reactions Cruz is getting at this point. Uh, yeah, man, he's he's been, he's been awesome. I think honestly. I've always loved Truth. I'm an old school fan of Truth, all the way back to the NWA days. So to see him getting his flowers constantly and just to be consistently entertaining, you know, like we talk about it all the time. Some people hate comedy wrestling, but that's also because they're not good at it. They just don't. And like Truth hits it out the park, whether it's a lower car feud or whether it's been, like you said, involvement with whoever it is on the top of, from the top of the car all the way down to uh, when he was 24 7 champion. So, yeah, man, truth has been awesome, and I just love the fact that so far everything has just been great and also believable to the point to where uh, I think Gunther even mentioned him <laughs> when uh, he was doing his promos. Like, the, the people are even telling me our truth should get a shot at my title. So think about that. Like, that's how popular he's getting. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Elimination Chamber qualifier Sami Zayn lost to Randy Orton. The show went off the air with Drew McIntyre confronting Randy at Raw, February 12th, Imperium lost to New Day and Jay Uso, with Bobby Lashley beating Big Bronson Reed in a men's elimination chamber qualifier. And Cody promo, you put your hands on me, you slap me in the face in public, and what that means is I'm going to hit you back. Seth Rollins interrupted uh, and said, what exists on the other side is very dark, and saying what happens if he fails to finish the story at Mania. He said he would be Rose's shield. I wonder what that's about. Uh, to try and put down the most dominant faction in history. Uh, Gina, I'll ask you this, because I like Seth Rollins, but why the fuck is he helping Cody? <laughs> like, I, I don't... Is it just... To be yeah. relevant. <laughs> to be relevant. Because, no, at the moment, I'm not saying that there are no fans out there for Seth, but everyone's so invested in the Cody story that they were the fans were quick to want to turn on Seth right away. You heard the boos that were going to come out when The Rock came out and everyone thought that The Rock was going to be challenging uh, Roman instead. So Cody would have to stand aside. And people were just already booing, like, we don't want Seth. We want the Roman story, you know? So Seth literally is only offering his services just in just to be relevant. Yeah. That's what it seems like at the moment. You know, like it's it's really really weird. Unless can I, got can I defend self? Can I please defend self? Like, come on, man! It's not just that. Like he has a history with Roman. He's the only Roman has never beat him, but he never got his title match back again. Like self got a, a legitimate beef with Roman Reigns that he just kind of gets through to the side because Roman has done a great job of convincing everybody that he's insignificant. When self has literally done everything he can. To, like you said, not only stay relevant, but to make, to actually be what the people claim they want. To me, to be honest, self is proof that the people don't know what they want because you claim you want a champion now all the time, and then but you just throw him to the side like he's nothing. But but like when Roman pops up, everything Roman does is the most interesting thing that everybody cares about. Not that I disagree, I get it, but I'm just saying uh, his involvement here is not just because of that. He's also the shield line. Like, come on, Jay. You know why he's saying it. And I understand what you're saying. Like, why is he there from a storytelling standpoint? He should probably be focused more on Drew. But 
in all honesty, he wants he wants to be a, a catalyst in taking down the authority, which is very, very funny when you think about what Self did back in the day. But it's a really deep story if you think about him and Roman's history, because a lot of what Roman is is because of what Self did way back in the day. But I'm not gonna go into that. You can keep you can keep going. Yeah, so why did he do it? No idea. Uh, <laughs> Women's Elimination Chamber qualifier. Liv Morgan beats O Starks. Oh, Truth was beaten out of Judgment Day. Becky Lynch insisted she would win the Chamber. Uh, Nia Jax came out and involved, started a scuffle with her and Ray Ripley as well. Men's Elimination Chamber qualifier LA Knight beat Ivor. And it was announced Drew McIntyre squirrel for Cody Rhodes um, next week. And of course, Drew referred to himself as the underdog. Because, again, with this kind of booking, really unfair. Uh, Drew did decide to help Nakamura beat Sami Zayn. And the beatdown was stopped by Cody Rose's arrival. Again, why Cody come out, I'm not sure. Smackdown February 16th, Elimination Chamber qualifier. Kevin Owens beat Dirty Dominic Mysterio. We see a tense back and forth involving Drew McIntyre and LA Knight. Gave way to a pull apart. Elimination Chamber qualifier, Logan Paul beat Miz. Elimination Chamber qualifier, Naomi beat Alba Fire. Now, we talk about underutilized talent. There <laughs> is an underutilized talent. Uh, Brom picked SmackDown. And then we've got Hill Rock, who was in the house, going through all his lines, telling us that our life finally has meaning. And he's going to make sure, do everything in his power to make sure Rose walks out as Philly, a loser. Uh, and apparently... He can't stick just a finger up. He has to put an L. Or does that have double meaning? Who knows? I mean, Jaxie, again, we saw The Rock. who looked like a start press conference. This was him in full heel mode. Something we probably haven't seen. We haven't seen in over 20 years. This was special. Oh, he definitely was enjoying himself. You could tell in the ring. Um, but I was just also enjoying this as well. I'm loving to hate him. You know, I'm loving this character that he's he's become. Um, it's just working so well, and um, I just think this was the right way to go for him. Mm, I, mean, I mean, anybody that doesn't like the kind of the rock going this way, I think it brings much more entertainment than it would maybe kind of like what we're used to, you know, and I think that kind of changes it. But anyway, move on to Raw. I think there was an expectation... I think there was an expectation of him to come in as the good guy and stuff, but you know that he's done that so consistently and so uh, so well over the years. Like coming back every now and again, even if you like look at you know when Triple H and Stephanie were running the thing and he brought in Ronda, you know he's always played like the good guy whenever he's come back. And this is something fresh. This is something new. This is something different. So I'm I'm enjoying disliking his character. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. Well, Raw February 19th, and Drew McIntyre beat Cody Rhodes clean as a whistle, thus proving he is the biggest star in WWE. I'd always wondered it, and it was finally proof here. I mean, Monty, I mean, anybody, Jaxie, Gina, you can argue, but Drew beat Cody. That's what happened. That's the history books. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez returned and won the last chance battle royal for Elimination Chamber. Uh, the Judgment Day to be Truth, The Miz, and DIY. I see Champ Gunther retained his title just versus Jey Uso. It was Jimmy prevent his brother from achieving individual glory. Um, 
coming out and costing his brother the match and assaulting him afterwards as well. Monty, what did you think of this? Because Jey Uso came so close to beating Gunther, uh, but maybe not a big surprise Jimmy got involved because we thought we were getting that at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's, that was probably the only, uh, the most shocking part of it actually was, like you just mentioned, how uh, close Jimmy, uh, I mean, not how close Jay really was because Gunther was like really, really, he, they put Jay over strong. Like, uh, but to be fair, like going off the storyline and just based on what, like we said, not only did we know because we knew they wanted to get back here to Jay versus Jimmy. We also knew because uh, it just made a lot of sense storyline-wise from the standpoint that Jimmy literally, every time Jay has tried to move on and win a title without him, even when he actually did win a title without him, Jimmy was the reason why they lost the said title. So, you know, uh, those tag titles. So, again, Jay, I love what Jay said after. I think that was the mo- the best part of it besides the beatdown was him just letting them know that at the end of the day, I'm still your big brother. You know, don't ever think you can outgrow me. Uh, and I just love that as a uh, as a sibling as a sibling type of deal because it, it, it's bigger than just big big brother versus little brother type of deal. It's like a whole type. A, 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 it, it adds an element of like past the bloodline and all that. It adds an element of the big, the older sibling trying to hold the slightly younger sibling back, and it, it's really, really a cool way to approach it to add a little layer to it, other than the fact that we all know they want to do this. And I would really like to hear what the two siblings on this show think about it because I know like th- this kind of can hit closer to home for y'all than it even does for me. But this is this is really well done, and it made perfect sense. But like you said, James, the fact that Jay was so close to winning, I think I was almost more shocked. Yeah, today. I know. Yeah, the fifth spin. Because it really felt like Jay could have did it. And it was like, wow. But I, I love it. Though. I love it for Jay. So, uh, Gina, uh, just, like Monty uh, said, do you relate to Jackson yeah. and you? I, I mean, I say yes, but not in terms of the bullying. The thing is, it's so different for every sibling set out there. It really is. But speaking from experience, I can sympathize with Jay and Jimmy. And that's just because. We were, it, it's it's more down to how you were raised. And I'm not saying whether you were raised well, right or wrong. It, it all depends on how you were raised, on how you treat your siblings. The way I was raised, I have, you know, a, a stricter dad. He was still lenient, but he was quite strict. And, you know, we, we were always taught to respect our elders. And even for me, it was even included, even though your twin is only seven minutes older than you, she's your elder. You you treat her with respect. Of course, like, I, I love to fight against this bitch. Um, but there, every time I sort of, you know, do speak to her or is, is there's some form of, you know, like higher, not hierarchy, but, you know, way that I treat her because she's older than me than what I do with Shay, because Shay is my younger sister. So I would treat her slightly differently than I would Jack, you know, um, so it's really different. It's really different on how you were raised in your sibling set to how you can sympathize with this storyline for Jay and Jimmy. But for me, I really resonate um, with it because I'm a twin as I well. Also, I also just want to add, like from a sort of career's point of view, it is just you, you can tell that Jimmy and Jay both, you know, want to be able to headline main event or not main event, but headline um WrestleMania, you know, and and have this match. We've seen it with Nikki and Brie, 
you know, like from a career point of view, this is just, you know, an absolute dream for them. But from a sibling point of view, especially a twin sibling point of view, it's heartbreaking to watch in kayfabe mode. So um, I'm happy for them both. Like Jay really was so close. And I honestly just feel the frustration of like, you know, just not not understanding the frustration of being held back by a sibling. I've never had that. I've always been encouraged by a sibling. But just imagining how let down you feel at like you almost making your accomplishments and then being let down by your siblings is heartbreaking breaking to watch um, for any sibling. So, yeah, I'm you, you can tell that my heart is already invested in this story, whether it's kayfabe or not. Well, another thing I really like as well, like I said, really good um, kind of look into that. But it's weird to think that this match will happen at WrestleMania 40. And the last match of WrestleMania happened to be two brothers with WrestleMania 25 with the Hardys. Before that, Hardys. it was 15 years yeah. before at WrestleMania 10 uh, with, of course, Brett and Owen. So, again, to keep Bring that 15-year tradition alive, just have to wonder who's going <laughs> to face off at like, WrestleMania 55. But, uh, again, like really good insight there. We move Brutus on to another and Julie. Event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Shame at Man's Sons facing off at WrestleMania. But um, another press event this time for the Chamber, February 22nd. And the incredible story of pirates stopping the Chamber from getting there. You know, I'd make up some shit on this pod. But when I heard that, I was like, there's no way. But yes, they did. I thought that was fake. <laughs> yes, do you know what I mean? Like, what was it, Kari Sane? Like, come on, don't, <laughs> don't do this. Exactly. We see, <laughs> we see everybody arrive in Oz. Graves and Cole host, and it, it did look beautiful there. I mean, I know they had to travel 30 hours, and I think it's like fo- uh, 24 hours for us, but it did look fantastic, didn't it, guys? You know, like, <laughs> I mean, Australia really did show out on this trip. Um, and talk about storytelling as well. Once Grace and Waller came out, uh, the O2 crowd was unjustly booed, you see, because uh, they're using us, Monty. You talk about crowds. You see, we got a reaction from the Australian crowd, you know. Still not fair. Uh, we will get <laughs> WrestleMania at some point, I'm sure. Uh, Triple H spoke. Rollins arrived to be sung to. Seth said he was scared of Drew winning the match. And, you know, real insight. We see superstars petting kangaroos and all that kind of Australian shit. Um, did like the Aboriginals, though. Owens, Orton, Logan had a good back and forth. Blair used, again... Much like the Mania press conference. Um, and, you know, I mean, Jack said, I'll ask you this. I'm a fan of Bianca Belair, but why is she being used when she's not actually got a match? <laughs> you know what I mean? At WrestleMania or anything like this. Yeah. It's just like the go-to at the moment. I mean, you know, she is a fan favourite, so they think, oh, we need to include her. But I think they just yeah. kind of did her a service because all it did was just ask you the question of, well, why... Why is we seeing her if she's not being, you know, pushed for a match? So it, it's kind of doing a disservice at this point because everyone's just kind of like, well, what? You know, I'm, I'm waiting. With, I'm still waiting. Well, especially with Bailey, you know, like yep. I talk about Drew missing posters, and I know you've mentioned this as well, Monty. It's like, you know, Bailey should be there promoting her match, but it's kind of been forgotten about. You know, yeah. it's like Bianca Belair instead. Is well, I mean, also, also, it's it's more like, but also, Eo's the champ, but she's kind of not the one being sort of promoted as much. And it's like, yeah, no. okay, 
I think it's a compliment to Bianca because she is that makes it makes her feel like a face of the company. But at the same time, like you mentioned, when it, when you when she haven't been involved in anything major, and you have a literal two year storyline <laughs> uh, with EO and Bailey that's been going on, it's insane that they're not around at all for the most part on promotional material. So yeah, it looks crazy. It's great because Bianca is a face. And I get it, representation. I love it, but come on now, it, it's, it's almost it, getting egregious. It may be a know? case like EO's promo skills aren't, you know, so maybe they don't want to. Yeah, yeah, they don't want to make her face, do too but much. Yeah. Again, maybe that's why Dakota Kai. Uh, spoiler alert, but you know, we all know what she's gonna do. Uh, anyway, <laughs> back to the yeah, we don't worry. We we seen yeah. it before Bailey did. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ! <laughs> if no one saw that coming. Uh, anyway, Tiffany Stratton got a great reaction. I mean, they must have NXT on a big channel out there because everybody was Tiffy time. Lynch faced off. Um, and then finally we had Nia Jackson, Ray Ripley having a face off. Raya looked, sounding, sounded and was treated as a main event level star, which she is. And she threw drink in Nia's face. Uh, and Grayson and Rhea did a shooey wonder what Dom thought about that. But, I mean, Monty, this just shows how big a star. And I want to talk about it a little bit later. But for Ray Ripley, she is the main event of the show. And to get 50,000 people in the stadium to have this press conference, not saying it's all for her, but when you look at the kind of stars on the, the show as well, she is the main focal point. Yeah, man, this is a great, like, uh, celebration of all her hard work. Uh, over the last year or so and just basically everything she's been doing uh, for a while now. And I, I'm with you. I think even though the show wasn't just all for her, it was, hey man, it was hard press, man. It felt like, like you said, no one on the show mattered more, basically. I, it, even when we get to the actual card, it felt like nobody really mattered more there than a real Ripley. And that's just awesome that we even hear, uh, especially when you think about WWE's history and just Having uh, <laughs> someone like Rhea on top, and then at as the face, literally uh, of the of the show, she was promoting it like months ahead of time. So like, yeah, man, it's awesome. It's just really, really awesome to have that environment. I know it's like I know that's a home, you know, continent or country, however they want to go, however you say it, either or. I guess uh, I know that's where she's from, but yeah, man. Uh, it's still amazing when you think about it, just like how much of it felt like we're building all the way up and we're putting it all on her shoulders and she did a, a awesome job. So yeah, man, uh, kudos to them and her. Well, like I said, there's only one face on the poster and that's hers, isn't it? You know, but um, we're going to get onto that in a second. We've got SmackDown February 23rd first and Tiffany Stratton got the win over Liv Morgan backstage. Bobby Lashley interrupted the Drew McIntyre promo Remind him about their clash at WrestleMania 37. Bobby, why don't you just get over it, man? You know what I mean? It's like three years ago. Like, who even remembers that? Drew did say, though, at Chamber, if he loses, his entire career is about as useless as a CM Punk return to WWE. Burn. Uh, Bron Breaker made his SmackDown debut versus an NXT talent, Dante Chen. New way of doing it, I suppose. Vignette aired featuring Cedric Alexander <laughs> and Ashante Lee Adonis trying to nail down a look for their tag team. Backstage, Roman Reigns criticised Jimmy Uso for ratting out Paul Heyman for revealing he was the one who called a play to attack Jay Uso. And from there, he called Grayson Waller to have some words with 
him. Uh, and again, Bloodline usually the best thing on SmackDown. Dunn and Bate defeated McDonough and Dom. And the final testament gained another upper hand in a rivalry with Bobby Lashley, B-Fab and the Street Profits. With the Authors of Pain beating Ford and Dawkins in tag team action. Cross attack, Bobby's arm was still chair. But McIntyre showed up and said he will pray for him. Uh, Gina, what are your thoughts on this feud at the moment? Because it started quite hot, I would say. You know, Bobby and uh, his crew versus Cross. Where are we going with it, do you reckon? You know, because at the moment, this probably, you know, what are you thinking? I mean, it's, it, it's not that people aren't interested, but it's starting to go stagnant, isn't it? Um, it just... I think one thing that really like confused me and I, I don't remember which week this was, but like they were meant to have a trios match. And I think it was like Bobby and the street profits came out. We went to a commercial break. And then when we came back, like the, I can't remember what we're calling them. Carrion and co. Um, they, Final they had testament a or last testament or penultimate. The testament. Testies. <laughs> <laughs> testies. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah they had come out and they attacked the trio from behind or something so then the match was just called off and i was like but they were meant to have a trios match right now anyway so why are you calling it off and it's a little bit like vera's announcement you know i think they just took too long with it and it's starting to go stagnant now to the point that you know, as Starts long as it's, yeah, yeah, it's not even like I'm not enjoying this because I think it's going to help carry and cross because his character has needed help. I think this would have really helped him, but I just think that they've just they're longing it out too much and they should have just kind of carried on with the pace that they were going to keep that interest running. They should have carried on with them cross. Anyway, we move on from this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> backstage. SmackDown General Manager Nick Aldis assisted Olympic Dakota Kai. She was a victim of the attack. Bailey checked in on her, even though we didn't see the attack. I mean, Monty, we've watched NXT, so we know if you don't Red see someone attacked. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Red flag. That's what I was trying to, to warn people about Nello. <laughs> exactly. Red flag, man. Anytime you don't see it, because any other attack, you at least see it. Even if they, Even if you find them holding their body and they already knocked out. Uh, you like, you're a little sussed out. It's like, hold on now. Yeah. Why did they show this? The, the thing I love and I want to see one day is a wrestler like, you know when there's like a broken bottle next to the head and literally seeing them just like breaking the bottle, putting it down and then lying next to it. Like, that's the video. <laughs> just lie down. See. <laughs> yeah, I want to see the entire setup. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, red flag, man. Everybody, Like I said, you don't see the attack. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a bad sign. Well, in the main event, Drew McIntyre had LA Knight beat for a clean victory, but had to settle for a DQ after Owens attacked Drew for no reason. Maybe he was just jealous of how he looks. Drew claimed Bobby to stand tall, and then I turned off SmackDown. Uh, February 24th Chamber in Perth, and what better way to kick off than with kickoff? It's, of course, the first PLE here since 2018. In studio, Megan Morant, Pete Rosenberg and Sam Roberts. Byron Saxton won the raffle and got the ticket to Australia. Uh, we see McIntyre arrive. Then we see Owens arrive with a koala. I love that. Uh, R-Truth <coughs> is in Austria. God damn it, R-Truth. You know, like, what have we said about this? You know, uh, we talk about awesome. the character. 
<laughs> just so good. Uh, somebody that's also not in Australia is The Rock, because he said on Instagram that he won't be Perth. But time for the kickoff match, and this is why it is a big show when it's got a kickoff match. Uh, first shots of the stadiums. For me, it's wonderful from the inside. It's still daylight. And, of course, uh, we see Cole with Corey Graves, who is celebrating his 40th birthday. What an old bastard. Anyway, the Kabuku Warriors versus Caddis LeRae and Indy Hartwell for the women's tag team titles. And Indy got a great response. But so did the Kabuku Warriors, to be fair. Uh, Sane and Hartwell began the match. The crowd chanted for Indy. Scored the first knockdown before Sane unloaded on there with forearm shots to the back. The crowd wanted Indy, and they got it when she got the hot tag back in. I mean, she's never been the most naturally gifted, but she had a big smile and was enjoying herself. So there you go. Oscar was nearly pinned, but after Candice slips on the top rope, Kari put her away with the insane elbow. Uh, Jaxi, what were your thoughts on this? Um, I think it you know, was a, a great uh, crowd opener. Um, you could tell that the crowd were really excited for the show to start anyway and just kind of having Indy in like, sort of the pre-show match probably helped heighten um, things for the crowd. Uh, this match was a good showing. Um, again, always great to see the Kabuki Warriors, but we kind of all knew that this match was maybe more for a feel-good type show that was not going to kind of result in any form of title change. So it it was an okay match, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I didn't mind it, you know. Like I said, it was there to kind of get the crowd into it. Um, Gina, what were your thoughts on this? Was it the kind of saying, because again, Kabuka Warriors, I think, you know, a little bit more of a worthwhile feud, you know, for the tag team titles now. Start building the division. I mean, yeah, the thing is, it's great that we've got this opening match. It's great to see Indy be in, you know, her home country and giving the crowd what they want. But I think this match would have been so much bigger had they built an actual storyline. And it's, it's starting to get to a point where even though I love the Kabuki Warriors, I love EO, we do need to start separating storylines and give the Kabuki Warriors or at least whoever's the tag team champions their own storyline and then EO, her own storyline or the women's champ, her own storyline. Because at the end of the day, all of these stories kind of feel mixed into one. It, it, in a, a way, we didn't believe that the Kabuki Warriors were going to lose here not just because they didn't build up a story, but because they haven't really built up Indy and, and Candice, to be honest. And like you said, as much as I do like Indy, I think she still could do with a, lot, a bit more work, you know? So it would have been so nice to see the Kabuki Warriors actually go against a really formidable team like Shayna and um, Stark, you know, or something like that. But um, hopefully we can start doing this going ahead going into WrestleMania and start building some separate storylines. It was a great match, though. I enjoyed it. I'm happy for yeah, Indy. No, I, thought, I thought it was really, really fun. Uh, and again, a bit non-wrestling, but again, Monty, I know you've done like Rumble and Manias, but I think All In made me realise that the setup is basically the same for stadium shows, as in the crowd can't see shit usually. Um, but I think with this one... <laughs> My issue, because it is the same, you know, when you look at it. But again, I didn't like the black toff area in view, but that got better at night time. But I just felt there was just right. too much space on the floor. And I understand you want to sell out the kind of stadium aspect of it. Yeah. But again, it just, 
unless it's because Kevin Dunn's not there and they just haven't got it right yet. But it just it looked fast at some points. <laughs> the spacing. Yeah, I think I think like fine. you mentioned. <laughs> right, right, right. I, oh yeah, exactly. I agree with about that. The match was solid. Uh, I mean, Oscar and Kyrie are just consistent. You can trust them with anybody on the roster. So I think they did a really good job of just being the ring generals that they are. I love them on top of the tag division because, again, it's like they, you can trust them, and everywhere they go, people are going to love to just see them do what they do. It's really consistent there. Like you mentioned, what they need to do is get more consistency around that division just in general. And I think, honestly, you guys mentioned a lot of stuff. And as far as the set go, I agree with you. I think they just want, like you mentioned, to show everybody, look at, look at this, guys. We got all of these people in this big space. So we're going <laughs> to zoom out and show you everything that we possibly can because, you know, we're just, you know, we're huge. You know, we got that. But they want to feel bigger than life. I think that's what it is. And sometimes it, it kind of just messes up the way things can, uh, like, it, it can break. I don't know if you want to say immersion, but it can, you know, I know, I know exactly what you mean. And like they said, they're all pretty similar. They don't really do much too unique when they're at a stadium show. They just kind of want to get over the fact that, yo, we got all these people f- basically filling up this stadium for the most part. Look at this. So, yeah, uh, I, I get that. But as far as the division goes, I think what happens with WWE, and I think even in AEW they do it, you have these – you get certain storylines at the top of the board, get all of this thought process and all of this and all of that to the point to where – they run out of juice when they're trying to fill out the rest of the stores. And it's not that it's still their job to do a better job with that. I'm not, I'm not trying to give them the excuse. I'm just saying that I feel like that's what's happening with Bobby and uh, Cross because, again, things it's a lot more interesting things going on around them. So they kind of just get pushed to the side, unfortunately. And I think the same thing kind of happens with the women's tag division. Not so much as the champions or not so much as them having matches, but as a division, they just kind of get trotted out of there. Hey, you know these two women tag teams? They're going to fight. And that's pretty much it. You don't really get much of a story or much of a division feel around it. And that's what they need to work on. I think we're, we're probably heading to a multi-women tag for the title. Maybe. I hope it don't end up on like a WrestleMania kickoff. But, you know, you never know because I don't know what type of card they're going to – how big the actual Mania cards will end up being, it might, I remember I say WrestleMania kickoff, I mean like that SmackDown <laughs> that they call WrestleMania SmackDown <laughs> because that's what they did the last year or whatever. Hopefully it doesn't end up that way, but I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, uh, this is pretty solid. And like you guys mentioned, this is all about giving the, the, the crowds a homer to cheer for and to kind of pump them up. And I think the goal was accomplished. Yeah, I think we'll have that. So out of five then, Jack, see what would you score the kickoff match out of five? Um, I'd probably give it like a two and two and three quarters. It was it was all right for what it was, but there was no purpose, to, mu- mu- not much purpose to it. So there wasn't any weight behind it. Gina, mm, three. Monty, I like this match. I really liked how Kabuki Warriors worked. I'm giving it three and a quarter. I'm going to give it three and a half. You're harsh there, Jaxie. Uh, anyway, predictions. WNR Prediction League 2024. After Vengeance Day. Well, the bonus league. Monty is on 15. Gina on 10. I'm on 8. 
Jaxie's on six. W Prediction League, Monty's on one. The rest are on zero. And, of course, AEW starts next week. Anyway, this match, we all went kabuki. So it is all on one. Uh, we see LA Knight interviewed. He wants to win, believe it or not. Who would have thought? Uh, it's his first chamber. And in the main show, I mean, after watching three hours of build-up, I think I've seen the opening video about half a dozen times. I kid you not. So we go with the women's chamber. With Bianca Blair was first, followed by Raquel. Then Tiffy Time, finally Liv, all locked in the pods, which meant Becky Lynch and Naomi started. And I think Naomi and Lynch did a great job with the time before anyone else was in the ring. Naomi hit a splits off the chamber onto Lynch. Strat was so over with the crowd and had a great sequence when entering the match at number three. Um, I think the fans... Uh, the Like I said, Stratton's fans here were unbelievable. Liv was number four. She sent Tiff Pillar to Pod. Tiff got hit with a Bexploder, then a Disarmer, but she was outside. Naomi hit Liv from top of the pod, but Tiff rolled up Naomi in the first elimination. Number five was Raquel. Rodriguez had some good power moves throughout the match, with Blair being the last in. Bianca got payback for being slapped by locking Tiff into a pod. And Bianca DT Raquel, who went splat as well. Liv hit a center on Raquel. Then Tiff threw Lynch off a pod. She then dived off the top in a start-making move. With Liv hit oblivion on Tiff, much to the dismay of the crowd. Raquel planted Lynch and Liv, but got caught with a KOD to get eliminated. Blair went for KOD on Lynch, but Liv managed to roll back Bianca. Morgan, fought, uh, Morgan then got hit low with a manhandle slam. And Becky Lynch is going to WrestleMania. Uh, Monty, what do you think of this? Because this was great. But like I said, I think Tiff stole the show here. Yeah, man, I was I, I I really liked this. This was a great way to start things off. I actually woke up literally perfect perfectly time my, my, my situation. I don't know how, but I woke up at like four AM for me and I was right there when this match basically kicked off. And uh yeah, man, this was really a good time. I agree. I Tiffany, man, I I we've been i I've been telling you this for a while. I'm not trying to just say that I, I that I'm just great at this, but I am great at this when it comes to just seeing what the, what works. And Tiffany, I knew from the beginning as she started to get better in the ring, she was gonna be one of them ones. I didn't know it would be like this to this extent so fast. Like it feels like she's already worn the hearts and minds of a lot of people even quicker than maybe I thought. But I just knew that if you give her a chance to do what she do, show off that, that amazing athleticism as a gymnast that gave her some awesome spots to really put her over. And I felt like that was kind of the point of this match, really. If you felt if you really pay attention to how they put it together, they really wanted to show you what Tiffany can do. Uh let her let her some of the established girls do what we know that they're capable of. End off with three of the uh the top two the top three as far as like uh, standing in in WWE currently, arguably you could say the top three was the was the final three with Liv, Bianca, and Becky because I mean Liv basically has always been has been the runner up in a lot of these situations. Bianca is who she is, like we said, one of the faces, and then you have Becky. But then like uh, like you said, the way people were just mad at Liv because she she did her job and eliminated Tiffy. Like I, I'm with you all the way in Australia to see that that reaction, and then it's continuing on. Like even in the the little matches that she had with Liv and all that, her reaction just in regular places around America was a big time. I don't know if that's just because, like we mentioned, NXT 
is seeming to reach more people and getting more popular in itself? Or is it just like we mentioned, people are starting to just can realize easily that she can be money. And I think uh, it's a thing to look like Tiffany. I think in the past we've seen people who look good, but you don't really know. You watch them in the ring and you don't necessarily get it. Tiffany, it don't work like that. First match, you can see, easily see because of how, how aggressive she is and just how athletic she is well, that, no, nah, she can take over. And I think it's kind of cool that she left that type of impression in Australia. What you about to say? No, I was about to say, I was about to ask Jaxie because, you know, you and I are kind of a bit biased. Right. We've been I mean, to her horn. Yeah. I mean, Jaxie, you, you, what's your thoughts on Tiffany Stratton and like the performance in the Chamber match? Because obviously, like, we've seen her before, but for... You know, it's it's quite interesting. Are we just... Is there something there? No, I mean, I, I have to admit, I agree with a lot of what Monty said about her uh, during this match. I think she had some great spots, some great moments that really showcased her athleticism really well. Um, and for someone that's not very well um, adversed in, you know, watching her within NXT, um, her run in NXT, um, and only kind of catching it once Becky kind of became the NXT champ for a bit. Uh, you know, I was quite impressed with Tiffany. Um, was I a little bit bittersweet seeing Naomi be one of the very first, or wasn't she the first to get eliminated? Yeah, yes, I was. Um, very very disappointed in that. I'm sorry, but with the way that she was showcased in Impact compared to already her return in, um, you know, WWE, just not being as impactful as I like, I was disappointed in that. That being said, um, yeah, when it comes to your question about Tiffany, I do think she was showcased really well, and it does make me think that she could potentially handle uh, an, uh, an immediate push as new as she is to the roster. Does that mean that I want that to happen necessarily? Not right now, because I feel like there are plenty of women that you've either brought back or um, have not yet utilised that could have easily you know, been given or showcased those spots, but... You know, that's for another day. So, I mean, Gina asked you this. I'll ask you this question because I thought this match was really well laid out, and we've we've discussed the women's division a lot. And I think this is a great showcase. I mean, I know like Naomi getting eliminated, but I think everybody still had a few moments in this and showed what the division can really be. You know. Yeah, definitely agree with that. I mean. This was just kind of reintroducing her, I guess, to the universe again and just showing us like what she can do and what she's going to bring. Even the sirens here are agreeing with it. Um, (laughs) It it was, like I said, I was a little disappointed just with how quick um, Naomi was eliminated. I thought maybe a slight, like maybe a couple more minutes to showcase a few more you know, things that she can do would have been better. But to be honest, again, I'm not really surprised with how the match went. And I also just want to point out that I really like Tiffany. I'm not one to watch um, a lot of NXT. So for me, Tiffany is new. And I'm liking what I'm seeing of her at the moment. So fair play to her. Um, Monty, was there anything else you were saying before I interrupted? And what is your score out of five, mate? Uh, yeah, the only thing else I really wanted to say is, is that uh, I think uh, the match, was like you mentioned, I think TJ, once again, who's just been awesome 
have been has, has, has laid out a really cool match. You know, uh, Natty's husband, who's usually working with the women, he's been he's done a great job working with them and putting together really fun matches. And this was a great way to kick things off. I think everybody shined, even like you mentioned, even Naomi. Of course, no, I I don't want her to go out first, but I just the way Tiffany was getting over, I I figured it wouldn't be her, and it just everyone else. I don't know. I, it's just one of those tough situations where someone has to be it. She lasted very long in the Rumble, so hopefully we can get back to showings like that as time go on. But you know, I, I don't, I'm not I'm not rushing it. I'm not tripping too hard on it quite yet. If it persists and and maybe if she just keeps getting left over, then maybe I could get a little aggravated. But I'm gonna give them a chance, give them a little time because it's WrestleMania season. A lot of moving parts are going on. And I think, uh, but again, overall, the match was really, really good. I have no problem with the way things turned out. And I love the finish. The finish actually still protected Liv once again, you know, because she just had surprised Bianca. And then I, out of nowhere, she get hits with the uh, the rock bottom manhandle slam deal. So, yeah, cool. I, I really liked it. I gave it four and a quarter. I was into this. This was really good stuff. Four and a quarter. Uh, Jackson, what about you? Yeah, I gave this a four and a half. Gina? I gave this a four. We were at four and three quarters just because I thought it was a really, really good match and a great way to start a show. Like I said, predictions. We all went Becky Lynch, so we're all on two. And the sunset looked incredible and it got dark in the stadium very quickly after. Anyway, back to wrestling. The Judgment Day versus the... Uh, oh. New catch. Say it, Jay. I mean, Say it. No, I don't want to. Monty, what is this? Why are they doing it to me for? I can't call the British strong. British strong style is dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh. They just want to stab all the NXT UK fans, and they just they just love stabbing you, you, you loyal Brits for some reason. I don't know. I don't like it either. I don't. I don't know if they're trying to be like the uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, but we 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 saw that with the uh, NXT faction. What is up with these names that they that they? I don't know. Just... I don't like it, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, the new what was it even called? The catch the new it was that. some catch crew. Yeah, it's something yeah. like that. Where it's like, Which... are you re- are you trying to do BCC? Are you really trying and to do it, that? What are you doing? If they were from the Czech Republic, I would understand. You know, Czech yeah. Republic, it's quite, do you know what I mean? But right. it just doesn't, anyway. I don't get it. Yeah. Don't get it. The crowd was booing not only the name of the tag team, but also Dominic Mysterio out of the building. So much so, they had to cut the feed <laughs> because there were so many <laughs> fuck you Dom chants, which again proves <laughs> he's still over. Uh, eventually, Priest was tagged in and took over. Dom got in a cheap shot on bait. Dunn was tagged back in. He unloaded with step-up insecurities. He then hit a top right moonsault on Priest and Balor on the outside. Bate lifted Priest up for an extended airplane spin. Uh, tagged Dunn in for the bitter end, but Dom pulled Finn's foot under the bottom rope, and then he was rightly thrown out of the match. We saw a double title driver landed, but Priest pulled Bate to the outside during the pin. Uh, Damien went for Razor's Edge, but he was counted with a hurricane runner, which knocked Balor to the floor. Priest low landed a double south of heaven off the turnbuckle, this allowed Balor to hit the coup de grace on Dunn for the win. Um, again, I mean, I am so pleased for these two. I just hate the name. Um, Gina, what's your thoughts on this? 
Um, I mean, yeah, again, I'm not a fan of the name. For me, it, it doesn't, it, it's come out of nowhere. I don't know the background of it. It's, it doesn't feel catchy to me. So I wasn't exactly like screaming with the name. And I was like, uh, enough with like Pete Dune and name changes. They just don't work. Just leave them, you know. But um, either way, I, I still feel like... I feel like it was a good match. I feel like, you know, the judgment they did put, um, like, you, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. I, I feel like they, the judgment they put the others over. Um, and at one point there was like a moment that I was like, oh, could they actually get this? But um, yeah, it was just, it was, it, it was what it was. And um, again, they didn't really build a storyline between these guys too too long so for us it was kind of a no-brainer that judgment day should get the win overall but yeah i i enjoyed it i like watching damien and i love the dom boos i think they're just brilliant give me more i think he's is making his character what it is and you know he's truly branched away from ray at this point yeah i think without a doubt uh but this is the thing with the match i don't think bait and dunn well, I think with Bate, because, you know, he's only been up recently. I mean, Jackson, what are your thoughts? I don't think Bate looked out of depth. And also, with Pete Dunne, if this was a Pete Dunne that debuted on the main roster a couple of years ago, rather than Butch, he would be a mm. champion by now, in my opinion. It's just incredible yeah. how different he is in ring. Definitely. I have to agree with that. I think there was a little bit of disappointment for me, because I think... That my mind going into this match was like, you know, having them reunite um, uh, back from NXT UK days, uh, you know, might have given them a bit more momentum to have maybe picked up the win. Um, I also had a slight hope that somehow our truth was just going to miraculously be able to turn up and possibly just uh, dis- cause a distraction to the judgment day, which would have caused the, the loss here. So that was me taking a gamble here, which I'm, I'm not happy with, but... You know that that that's what we do with predictions is we take gambles, um, and it didn't pay off for me. But yeah, fifty was in Austria. Know. Oh, I was. Yeah, really, really annoyed. Um, but I think I think the main disappointment that really came out of this match for me was the the name that they've come up with. Again, I also agree with you guys. I don't like it, and I just wasn't here for it. It kind of threw me. Yeah, it is shit. Uh, Monty, what are your thoughts, though? Because we know how good Bait and Dunn are. And again, it's like I've forgotten Priest is money in a bank holder. <laughs> I think he has, too. <laughs> I think he has, too. Um, you know, uh, even though I did hear, I think he said in an interview or something that apparently it's something in a uh, situation. I've never heard this before, Jay, so you got to help me. I know you, you've you been around just as long as I have when it comes to money in the bank. Apparently, since self is hurt, he can't cash in on self. So make that make sense to me. I didn't. I didn't K-fave. never heard of that before. Don't break kayfabe, son. You right. I've never heard of that before. Like, what the hell are you talking about? This is hurt. You can't cash you can't in. Can't cash in. Like that's yeah. What that's, the hell? that's part of the contract. Yeah. Okay. All right. But anyway, yeah, that's a bull job. Anyway, uh, like you said, I think he's forgotten too. But honestly, the match itself, awesome, awesome stuff. Tag team. Uh, I really, I came like you mentioned. Uh, I think one of you guys mentioned it. I, I going into this match, you didn't really think that they would win, but like they had a couple moments in this match where you're like, oh man, they might, 
pull it off. And I was trying to work an angle out in my head. Like, what way could they do it? Could they could they lose here and disappoint mommy after going to her home country and losing it here? But in all honesty, I don't I don't think they're gonna lose it until they figure out how they're gonna separate them or whatever. And uh, I think that was that was kind of like my thought process going into this. Uh, and I just thought it ended up being a really fun competitive uh, tag match. And I think I think the sky's the limit, honestly, for Dunn and, and, and Butch. I mean, I'm calling Dunn and Butch. Dunn and Bait. How dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I think the sky's the limit They're for the both. They're the new like public crew. Thank you very much. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to say that either. Because <laughs> I'm just like you're about to say the new Czech Republic. The, the new Czech uh, Republic yeah. combat club. <laughs> right. The new Czech Republic catch crew combat club. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. But, no. I think they're going to be fine, even if it's not all the way together. I hope they win. They can win gold together, but I think Dunn will be fine going forward. We just got to give it time, and hopefully they remember he, who he is, like you mentioned, Jay. And I think you're. I was really looking to see, like you mentioned, did Tyler Bate look out of out of his depth? And nope, he fit right back in, being the big strong boy that he is. The people got behind him. So once yeah, they it start was great. Going big strong boy as well. Once they start the chance, that uh, it will be yeah, yeah, it's great to see. So I think I hope they just lean into them and give them more things to do, uh, and I think they'll be fine. But yeah, man, this is a really fun match. Uh, I think it's a credit to everybody involved, uh, and I just can't wait to see what they decide to do as we continue to go on uh, in the not only in the tag division but with Judgment Day and with uh, Bate and. Uh, yeah, and it's nice to see a tribute to Trent Seven with a burning hammer in the match mm-hmm. as well. And the Birmingham as they call it, they call the, it the Birmingham. Oh God, <laughs> they said it was he's, the he's from, he's from Birmingham. That's why they call it the Birmingham hammer. <laughs> and I was just like, you uh. yeah. Um, but anything, anyway, it's like blew my mind during this. And I don't know if you guys have ever thought about this before. But it was the first time that I have watching wrestling all my life, right? Because I know it's about Damon Priest tag title. Do do you think they have a label like on the back of a tag title, telling them it's their tag title? You know, like especially with the Raw and SmackDown ones. Like, do they? Because they have their own sets, but do they know which is theirs, or don't they mind? Has anybody else thought about that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't like the blue and red one, so I just assume it I mean, I, like, I think that's just yourself on that. I, I don't think I've ever thought that before. <laughs> what, so you, you bet, surely if it's your title belt, you'd want you to be your title belt. You wouldn't, do you know what I mean? Like, if someone else had my title well, belt. Well, based know, on what that's... I've heard some wrestlers do with their belts, I, I agree with you. Then <laughs> they put um, personal little plaques on the side of the belts. I don't think they do it with the tag titles. I don't know they do it with the ugly tags. That's my point. And again, with like six man titles, that'd be even more confusing. Yeah, (laughs) even more belts to keep up with. Yeah. I mean, I've never thought it, but now I feel like that's going to be my thought every time I see a tag belt. (laughs) There is a little label on Priest's title as well. And I don't know if it's just because it's like a replacement or it was like well, no, well they gotta know, carry those mine. damn things through the airport yeah, don't yeah, yeah. so maybe that's what they <laughs> so yeah yeah well that's what I do when I watch wrestling now guys the places right? your mind go <laughs> <laughs> anyway out of five for this one um, 
<laughs> Jack C starts off. What we score this? Um, I'll give this a, a, a three and a half. Three and a half. Monty? I love a good tag match. I give it four. I thought it was really good. Gina? Yeah, I give it a four as well. I'm going to give it a four and a quarter. Predictions, you all went. Judgment Day, apart from Jaxie, who, like she said, took a risk. It didn't pay off. Jaxie on two, the rest on three. We then get the Grayson Waller effect with special guests Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. Austin Fury was in the ring and introduced Waller. Grayson did a shuri with UC, UC, fucking hell, Uf, UFC heavyweight <laughs> tie to the passer. It's like I've never seen it. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ. Uh, Waller then welcomes Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes, who obviously got a great response. Grayson asked the crowd to acknowledge the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Uh, Rhodes said if The Rock wants to consider himself the people's champion, he has to actually be around the people. He then announced he wants a one-on-one match with The Rock. Rollins reminded Cody that the bloodline mate plays the neighbor's gums. I've gone here. And that he will have his back anyway. Austin Theory then copied all The Rock's catchphrases uh, until he was taken out. So Austin Theory has lost no momentum since losing that money in the bank. You know what I mean? Like... (laughs) There's no way about this. Um, anyway, Jaxie, what are your thoughts on this? Cody wants to rock one-on-one. Is this the way you thought would go down? And can you believe these all travel 30 hours just for a talk show segment? I mean, I really questioned why this was actually happening smack bang right in the middle of this pay-per-view. Because am I right in saying that this has never happened before, that we've had a talk show? Like, if we excuse WrestleMania and how they like to, you know, long things out and have a host and things like that, like, is it just me? They did it in September or October. Oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I yeah mean, they it, do it sometimes. It's just, it's just odd. It's just odd. It's um, always pointless. Like, it's always pointless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just thought this was pointless. If they're going to do The Rock versus Cody, like, I don't think that they should be promoting that before the fact that, like, they are doing a tag match. You know, they've got their individual matches. Like, calm down, Cody. Stop putting yourself in all these different type of matches. You've got other shit to be, like, focusing on right now. Um, yeah, I just, I didn't really see the point or the purpose of this talk show, to be honest. I was, I was kind of more confused than anything. The pyro looked amazing, though. I will say that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That that was impressive. Happy for Wallace. You got to do do that show in front of all his folks. That's about it. Oh, and it was Fairy who, like, we talk about, I mean, I made a joke, but it's crazy to think Grayson Waller is more important than Austin Theory now. When you consider where <laughs> right. he was last year, you know what I mean? Grayson looked like a champ there, part of the press conference, and then doing a shooey and basically not getting hurt. Spot on. Well, anyway, men's elimination chamber match. Kevin Owens was out first, followed by Bobby Lashley, whose arms seemed all right. Um... He got extra drums for his intro, which I really liked. Again, it's the little things in life. Logan Paul and Randy Orton rounded up the cattle as the only real star and main eventer. Drew McIntyre made his way out to a thunderous response from me. 
Uh, Drew facing a huge uphill battle, being unjustly placed to start the match. Uh, LA Knight was there too. We see CM Punk chance rain down, oh were aimed at Drew. McIntyre responded by going for a GTS, but Knight countered. Apart from that, Knight got whooped by Drew until Owens cheated, attacking Drew from inside his pod. The unjust two-on-one continued, but Owens did hit a choke slam as part of a make-a-wish promise on Knight. Drew fought back and was in control. Then Bobby entered. Lashley landed a suplex and Drew outside the ring and went for the hurt lock, but McIntyre was too strong. Randy Orton came out and entered his ninth chamber. Orton landed some clotheslines and KO, followed by a power slam. He landed a signature drape and DDT on the outside and then sold his back for what seemed like minutes afterwards. McIntyre targeted the injured arm of Lashley by throwing him into two posts, shoulder first. Then it was Logan Paul's time, but KO wasted little time locking himself in the pod with the US champ and slamming Paul into another pod and then the chain link. Lashley sent KO crashing into a pod, hit a spear on Logan Paul through one, but he was still sending his arms. And there was a thank you Bobby chant as well. But McIntyre hit Bobby with a claymore on the outside and then one on the inside to eliminate him and get retribution for WrestleMania 37. AJ Styles showed up just as it looked like Knight would eliminate Orton. After a wicked assault. Now, that's the most pointless clash. flight. You talk about Cody himself. <laughs> that flight was insane. Fly all the way across the <laughs> Just to How screw LA Knight. Not see AJ on that flight. Were, were they separate? Like he seen him and didn't ask, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Nobody asked Alan why he was there. <laughs> he just had the hood up going, it's not me. Not me, it's not me. Uh, but after a wicked assault, including the Styles Clash on the chair, the brave and smart Drew managed to get his second elimination on LA Knight. Orton, who hadn't really done much at this, uh, caught KO with the RKO. But after 30 minutes, Drew st- could, <laughs> still could kip up. But that bastard Logan dived off the top to take him down, but not out. Paul grabbed his brass knuckles, but was hit with an RKO, and Paul was eliminated. Randy hit a lucky RKO on Drew, but it wasn't enough to keep him down. Logan Paul laid Orton out with brass knuckles, and then, as it will say in the history books, Drew McIntyre pinned Randy Orton and is headed to reclaim his throne at WrestleMania. Fireworks to suit. Uh, that's because he beat Cody and gets a portion. I mean, Wow. He did it for us. Guys, we're going to WrestleMania. How great is this? Jaxie, I'll start with you. What a performance by an absolute legend. What are your thoughts? Well, you always got to start with me. Um, Yeah, I'm happy for Drew uh, picking up the win after Logan Paul actually assisted and just KOing RKO like that. You know, Drew did absolutely nothing for the end of that win. But yeah, yeah, he had him beat. Drew had him beat. Yeah. No, Logan had him beat. Nah. Just saying. Um, no. I didn't really see like, it, to Drew be fair, until the replay. No. Do you know that? I actually didn't see Logan's interference. Oh, that is absolute bull. Monty, do you hear this shit? Hey, what the hey, hell? What? You, you didn't I listen just to knew. none of the commentary, yeah? Like, nah, dude knew. Dude knew. 
Listen, Drew just, just got the I lucky I knew this is how he was going to do this. Drew, this Drew got the lucky win because Logan acted like a selfish idiot again and was sulking at the fact that Randy was the one to pin Logan and get him out of that match. He pissed. He came back with the with the, with the the knuckle dusters. It all makes sense. And then Drew got an easy win. There you go. So I'm happy for you, Drew. I don't Jane, think you should put down the other like... five superstars by saying it was an easy win. <laughs> all right? They tried hard. God damn it. No, I'm saying it was an easy win for Drew just to pick up on, you know, Logan Paul doing that. Like, that's what I'm saying. Uh, the match itself was, like, really good. There were some great spots, great moments. I laughed my ass off at just AJ showing up out of nowhere. Like, hey, how are you? You know, you still haven't gotten over your grudge either. So I guess we'll be seeing more between him and LA Knight. That was great. Um, everything to do with Bobby Lashley just was amazing um like he just looked like an absolute beast in the show he, he had some really great did. spots some great moments um mm-hmm. and just yeah overall just uh i think that all of the men did really exceedingly well in this chamber match i thought it was really really good and really well put together uh congratulations to drew i definitely did not roll my eyes when he picked up the win knowing exactly how james was probably reacting no, but so yeah. like you said with bobby how kind of great he looked and it had to take someone even better to put him down which drew did you know and and again i think that's what says that the 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 ghost of the past you know and and again it's just one of the i mean monty you'll know you know drew kind of was the favorite and just sailed through this really without trouble like as jacksy said it was easy for him i think they were really great how they put it together because if you really come down if you really be honest with yourself which i know you want not really talking to you guys, but uh, everybody else who actually had the the not the hard eye lens on for Drew in this match. When you watch everybody, he pretty much pinned. I think except like Kevin. I think Kevin went out basically with Randy. I don't. I think he's the only one. Uh, and uh, Logan also, uh, I believe. Everybody else that Drew <laughs> when he got it, he kind of took advantage of a situation. And hey, kudos to him. I, Edge just was the ultimate opportunist, won all his, won a lot of his titles by just taking advantage. So it's a great heel way to do things. So I knew as I was watching this match and how Drew was doing, I was like, Jay, if I'm laughing and chuckling because of how great they greatly executed that it was, I knew that you were over the moon. I just knew it. So. Yeah, man, this was this was great. I, I I didn't have a problem with it. I came away from it very entertained. I agree. Bobby looked like a monster. Logan uh, was actually really good in this. Blended in pretty well. Uh, and whatever he does with Randy, I'm sure it'll be fun. Even though I wasn't really expecting Randy and him to do something, we might get a multi man for the U.S. title. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, especially with Kevin and all that that history there. I don't know. We'll see how they what they decide to do. Uh, or it might just be Randy and Logan. But, yeah, I really like how they put together and kind of it, – it, it made this match felt like, okay, now we're really getting ready for Mania because you can got to go multiple places besides the fact that Drew is always going to be fighting self. Everybody else also felt like, okay, they got a reason to, uh, to, uh, to move forward and possibly have something to do at Mania or around Mania. So, yeah, man, this was cool. This was, this was really, really good yeah. stuff. And kudos to Drew. I, I knew that you were just in love with this. So take your victory lap. Enjoy it, you know. And uh, I'm out of breath just from running around the room just now. I had to mute. <laughs> Cheering. Cheer <laughs> 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 Enjoy it, you, you make a good point, though. Like I said, 
about how great Drew was. Um, but not only that as well, but Gina, like Monty said, you know, this felt a bit like a rumble where it was setting up the Mania matches. A bit weird with like kind of Logan and Orton, but we knew where we were going to go. LA Knight and AJ. And like I said, even Drew kind of having his story there. You know, everybody's kind of got point. And Bobby not kind of getting through, maybe even because of carrying cross, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, I like the variety the, the variety that we got in this chamber. It didn't feel like everybody's storyline was uh, one in the same. Um, it just felt like, you know, various differences. I actually really loved Paul in this match. I think, like, his just arrogance and cockiness just brought a, a fresh breath of air to, to the chamber, I think. And, you know, even him just doodling and like making fun of KO on his like cell was flipping hilarious to me. And like, if, if no one checked it out, go onto his Instagram and you can see like him when he had already been eliminated, but he's kind of like telling the refs that are there, telling him to get out the ring. And he's like, my back, my back hurts. It was is actually hilarious, or it might just be me, but I hate the fact that I find him no, funny. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, I do hate the fact that I find him funny. Um, but I th- I think he brought a greatness to the match. I thought Randy did well. Um, there was a point that I thought, well, maybe they're going to give it to Randy actually, but nah. Uh, obviously, Drew just capitalizing on other people's uh, success. Uh, but yeah, that's fine. Look, I'm. Um... I've never been so happy that Logan Paul was in WWE. Come on, that's not... You know, like that moment with the RKO. Uh, all oh, yeah, my he's great. He's awesome. Before my eyes, like, that was literally... Oh, yeah, like, he's awesome. Like, yeah, like... Great guy, um, now. Great guy. And, and again, though, the one thing we didn't see, uh, which we saw later on, was the kind of, like, the camera inside the pod. So we saw, like, Tiffany Stratton kind of getting the crowd worked up. Mm-hmm. Logan Paul kind of writing on the pod as well about Kevin Owens, you know, and even like the Logan Paul stuff, um, like I said, waiting for the brass nut shot. Really, really well put together. Uh, so out of five, then Monty starts off for just scores out of five. Uh, this, is, this is right up there. I want to say either the same, probably a little bit better than the girls, but probably I'm not by much. So if I gave, I gave the girls four and a quarter, I, was, I gave this one four and a half. Yeah, Gina? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree, like Monty, I think like this was slightly, just slightly better than, than the ladies, uh, chamber. So I'll give, I'll give this one a four and a half. And Jaxley. Yeah, I agree. Uh, four and a half from me too. Yep. It's a five for me, match of the year candidate. Um, predictions, you all went Drew, apart from Gina, who went Logan Paul. So that means James and Monty are on four, Jack C. Gina are on three. Triple H was in the ring. He thanked the fans in Perth, announced the attendance of 52,590. And then I guess they had to use up the firework budget because, my God, you know, I've moaned we didn't have it to clash. There were plenty of fireworks going off here at the Illumination Chamber. The biggest firework of them all, the main event for the World Women's Championship. Ray Ripley versus Nia Jax. And to say Ripley was fired up would be an understatement. Aussie flag on her vest. I mean, Gina, we've seen Ray Ripley in a lot of occasions, but the crowd and the way she was is, is probably the most important match of her career. 
Definitely, for sure. And like we've seen quite a, f- a few different wrestlers get to hone this same stage, you know, going to their hometown, main eventing and just seeing the passion and the love and pr- pride that they have to be there in their home country. It just brings them a different sort of glow, you know. So um, Rhea shined so much coming out and it was so exciting just to get into this match just because of the hype that was being shown. Mm, right, out. and we see Rhea laying in some big strikes early, including the headbutt. She went for a riptide as well, but Jack's bulldozed her. Now I landed a splash of Rhea in the corner, and then used her strength advantage to keep Rhea grounded. She nailed Rhea with a smiling drop off the middle rope for a two count. Rhea lifted near and slammed her face on the top turnbuckle and landed a frog splash on Jax, but only got a two. Rhea went for a powerbomb on the outside, but Nia hit a smiling drop onto the announce table. When it didn't break, she decided to do it herself with an elbow drop. She threw Rhea back in, hit the Annihilator for a fantastic near fall. Nia climbed up the top rope, but Rhea cut her off, landed a thunderous suplex, and then kicked Jacks for landed a riptide for the win. Um, Monty, what are your thoughts on this? Because it's weird, because... We used to have a go at WWE for like long-term storytelling. This is kind of the match WWE's built since Nia's return. Uh, and what a place mm-hmm. for it as well. Ripley get the victory in her home country, continent. You know, everything going on there as well. We're a family at ringside. Yeah, man. It was nice. It was uh, beautiful, emotional. Uh, like you mentioned, the country was behind her. She, it, you could just tell by the way she looked at an in interest. Not only did she look like one of the biggest stars in the entire promotion, but just the way she looked, you can tell she this was emotional for her. She really enjoyed being in this spot and just to have everybody there, to have her family there, to have uh, everything uh, that you just mentioned going on. And then, uh, again, I, I mentioned this. I've seen a lot of people make comments, and a lot of people when she first came back wasn't happy or didn't care. But I don't care what anyone say. Nia Jax has been a highlight, and uh, this the, the Becky match she had a few weeks, a few I think it's a month, a couple months now ago. Becky match was really good, and then this match right here, great stuff. I love how they've been pretty much uh, booking her and just making her so dominant. She felt like a, a legit threat, even if I felt like real was no way she was gonna lose this in this spot. I think Nia did a really good job, of still, you know putting Rhea in a situation. You heard that crowd. They were really into it. And she did a, She did her job to the best of her ability. And it was just awesome. Every, both girls in this situation, in my opinion, looked like stars. So I just wanted to give Nia her, her flowers and just love for how great she has been since coming back. She just, she seems motivated. You know, uh, the reputation of her, uh, not being safe with people. She's been doing a good job in that regard also. Haven't, haven't seen much about that. So uh, I just want to, again, say that this was a lot better. Not that I thought it wouldn't be good, but this was really, really good when you think about how everything turned out and just how emotional it was and her family being there and just how awesome Rhea looked in victory and how the real good Nia looked in defeat and then her getting that shot with her family and the idiot kept trying to get in the shot. That was funny when the security had to push him out of the way. Uh, but, yeah, it was a great way. Great way to end the yeah, show. Yeah, I know. It's not too. <laughs> yeah, that was that was awesome. Uh, it was a fun, fun way to end the show. And like we mentioned, this felt like a show for real. And the fact that we had a show like that with, with uh, women's title being the main event, dedicated basically to Rhea Ripley, and she's by far the biggest Australian star on the roster. 
this was awesome stuff, man. I, I really was into it. I, I, way better than I thought it would be when you think about the fact that we had chamber matches on the card. Yeah, without a doubt. And again, I mean, with Nia, she has been different on you know, kind of since she's coming back. But this was kind of like the old Jax. This felt more like a fight, you know, between the two as well, which, you know, is, is still good to see. And, and Jaxie, I mean, I can't say this to Monty, but I can say it's you. Raya's outfit was incredible. I mean, she looked great throughout this match as well, you know. Oh, and, yeah. What a knife for her, you know. Definitely. Oh, for sure. No, for sure. Um, I, you know, was definitely all here for mommy. She really gave me China vibes with her look. Um and like you know, sort of like that dominating sort of gear. So I don't know if that was done purposely either. Um, but I liked the homage if she if she was paying homage to her, that was like a really nice touch. Um, but this match actually felt like a big deal, and I have to agree with a lot of the points that Monty made about Nia Jax. We've seen her improve week in week out with how she works with the wrestlers. Um, and this match really just felt important. Um not just for Rhea, you know, debuting and, and defending her title within her home continent and everything like that, but also just for Nia Jax with the complete run she's had and wondering whether or not this is something that Rhea can overcome. Um, I think the match, like, really worked out perfectly. Um, I thought both women worked great. Um, and I think the only thing that actually let this match down is the idiot that tried to just, like, ruin a nice moment um, behind Rhea's family. And I'm, I'm thankful to the security guard who pushed in the F away because I would have just probably yanked on him, like, come here, you know? So, yeah, really happy overall with the way that it ended. It was very feel-good, um, and that match felt very hard won. Um, so real congratulations to Rhea and Nia Jax for uh, doing such a successful main event. Yeah, well, down the fireworks and the main event at home with her family. And, and Gina, I mean, I know we watch a lot of AW and, you know, it happens all the time, but in WWE... You don't normally see the hometown hero win in the hometown. So it's great to actually see Ripley actually getting a victory, you know, like we're not used to it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we all we we all kind of saw that happen when Selena got to perform in her hometown, you know, it wasn't as successful, sadly. But, you know, regardless, it's still so nice to see. And again, Smash. these fireworks awesome. Oh, Sammy Zayn. I mean, I wasn't going to name the whole list, you know. I thought I'd just give one, but go for it. Go for it. <laughs> oh, no, go continue. Yes. Solo. Fuck you. McIntyre's going to WrestleMania, goddammit. There you go. Focus on the positive. Sorry, Gina. Continue. I mean, I was done. <laughs> I think we all are nearly. This has been an emotional roller coaster, you know. Um, right, so out of five for the main event, Monty starts off. Yeah, I give it four and a half. This was really good. I was into it. I thought both girls worked really hard, and um, yeah, man, they it was out of it was way better than I originally thought. So I give it four and a half. Jaxie. <laughs> I actually gave this one a five. Give it a five. Gina? Uh, yeah, I've given it a five as well. Give it a five. Uh, I'm going to give it a four and a quarter. Predictions. You went Ripley, so it means final scores. Jaxie Gina on four. James and Monty on five. 
So, Monty, this is your third perfect score in a row. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Bingo. Oh, yeah, and this is my first. This is my first win of the year. So come on, we're in March now. <laughs> but we can thank Drew for that. Uh, so WWE means Monty's on two. I'm on one. Jackson's Gina on zero. Bonus league, Monty on sixteen. Gina on ten. I'm on nine. Jaxie on six. So it means Monty that you have matched your score from last year already. And that's incredible. Again, he needs to yeah, be stopped, yeah, everybody. Yeah, all right? yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. I, I don't have no, I don't have nothing to say. Nothing to say. I can't. I got a little cocky last year when I started off good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it quiet. <laughs> well, I tell you something. Like I said, the next WWE show is WrestleMania, and I'm undefeated at WrestleMania. Gina came close last year. But nobody's beat me over two nights. So if you could do I that. I have to beat you. I have to yeah, try to beat no, you. That's, that's I'm going for it. Uh, so anyway, overall about Elimination Chamber, match of the night, Jaxie and Gina. It is Jax versus Ripley. Uh, mine, of course, is the men's chamber. Um, Monty, yours is the, what's, what are you going to go for? Men's chamber. I'm going to even it out. I'm going to even it out and be a man. Men's chamber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, manly man. Ooh. Uh, so, Gina, can you give me your MVP of the night and your score out of ten, please? Um, yeah, I'm just gonna give my MVP to Rhea. I think you know she smashed it. She got to perform in her home country, and she didn't sort of overperform in a way. She did just as well as she would have done at any other pay per view. So, yeah, Rhea. Uh, for MVP, score out of ten, I'll I'll give it I'll give it an eight. It was entertaining and it was it, it wasn't a huge match card, so yeah, an eight. Um, Jaxie, same to you. Same question to you. Um, I'm actually gonna go with exactly the same two answers my sister gave: Rhea for MVP and eight overall out of ten. Monty. Yeah, I think we know who you're giving your MVP to. I'd be shocked, but yeah, I'm going. I'd be shocked if it's not who we know you've been mentioned. You pretty much said it's not. You, if it was a night drink, do a drinking game in this pod, guys. How many times you said Drew? Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I'm going Rhea, and then uh, my overall score is about an eight and a half. It was a really good show. Well, my MVP is um, actually one of them is Tiffany Stratton. She is my MVP in the night. She was fantastic in the match. But yes, you're right. My MVP is, of course, Drew McIntyre. And we're rating eight and three quarters out of ten. Uh, this was really, really good. But the poor bastard had to travel 30 hours to get back for Raw the next day. Drew, of course, was there. And Ray Ripley started the show. I do hope, Monty, that she had like a couple of weeks beforehand. Because it would be a bit fucking shit. If it's like, yeah, you've won, you need to be a Raw Monday. Start travelling, you know? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't know. That 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 damn travel, that schedule is insane, right? <laughs> that, that's just, like, like, I wouldn't even be able to stand the next Monday night. <laughs> like, I'd still be in the bed. 
It's crazy. It's crazy. And like I said, very rapidly start the show, interrupted by Lynch, who told everyone she would be in the main near main match. You know, this is kind of like I said before, when she announced it at the press conference, it's like, yeah, this is done. She was attacked by Nia Jax, uh, Nia Jax even. Sami Zayn beat Nakamura for the first time in his career in a great match. This was really, really good. Dom wanted Gunther. Ripley wasn't happy. I mean, Gina, can you think of a more one-sided match than Gunther versus Dominic Mysterio? I know they wanted Brock, but I mean, Gunther was just, that's just a, what? I mean, it, in a way, you're just kind of asking for Dom to be out for a few weeks, if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you want to miss Mania? Why don't you face Gunther next week? Um, New Day lost to Imperium in a great street fight. We've seen this feud over the past couple of months, even, and it's got really, really good. Uh, Baz and Zoe beat the way. We had a Drew McIntyre promo. He said, the doctor looked at me and said, Drew, you're hurt. There's a chance you don't make WrestleMania. And he said, who do you think I am? CM Punk? Nothing's going to stop me from making WrestleMania. Seth Rollins arrived. Oh, we moved from Punk to Mania. <laughs> the Scott begged him not to go after Roman Reigns and The Rock. Reminded him it's always the same with the bloodline. Rollins contemplated the words of McIntyre and said there are some things bigger than wrestling titles. Putting into the bloodline is one of them as he walked away. Drew had so much PTSD. No, 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 no. Monty, leave it. I'm going to ask Jackson this question here, right? Is McIntyre right? As in, Rollins concentrating on the bloodline. He can't win that battle, and he's going to end up losing his world title if he's not focused on Drew McIntyre, because this ain't the Drew McIntyre that was at Crown Jewel. Would you agree? No, we. I, I have to agree with this, because right now, Seth is so heavily sort of on this on this flex of uh, trying to convince Cody that he needs his help to deal with the bloodline, not really thinking too much into who his opponent was coming out of Elimination Chamber. And I think as we've also rightly seen, Drew's been throwing his you know toys out of the pram um, when it comes to getting this title opportunity. So there isn't no way that Drew's not going to take advantage of that. And if Seth continues to stay this distracted, this will be an easy win for Drew to pick up. Without a doubt, you know, it's true. And again, Drew was at again backstage with Jay Uso being interviewed. And Drew said, I wanted a word. I know you're going through a tough time from the bottom of my heart. I want you to know you deserve this. I mean, it's just brilliant. He's so you much know? more savage now. So, so much more savage. But this is working for Drew, you know. This is what Drew needs right now. Like, he needs something that's actually going to drive that momentum. And just even the way that he, he delivered that message of, you deserve this. There was so much like ice behind his words. Like you could just tell that this is something like Drew is on one, and anyone that stands in his path right now is just going to actually get tumbled over. So, um, yeah, prepare for a very aggressive Drew going into WrestleMania. I love it. Uh, Becky calls the DQ in the Nia Jax Liv Morgan match. Cody Ro- Cody beat Grayson Waller after the match. Paul Heyman appeared. Flanked by suspended NYPD officers. Don't know why. Uh, refused. He, <laughs> he attempted to threaten Rose to redact his challenge to the rock. Cody refused and then hit three henchmen with a steel chair for proclaiming the bloodline is not hunting him. He is hunting the bloodline. And speaking of which, they opened the show March 2nd, which was last night as we're talking about it. 
uh, with Roman Reigns commanding acknowledgement, not really getting the reaction that he wanted, followed by the return of The Rock. Of course, one-liners were made, fans rained down on him with booze, and they tried to count the die, Rocky die signs, but they couldn't. But 30 minutes of broadcast as well as the great one, counted Cody Rose challenge for a match, but issuing a challenge of his own for the biggest tag team match in the history of WrestleMania. It will be Rock and Reigns versus Rose and Rollins on night one, with the stipulation being a win for the faces, mean the bloodline will be barred from ringside, a win for the hills, and it will be bloodline rules, which means anything goes for Rose versus Reigns. The head of the table did not appear overly thrilled by either stipulation. And then as the rock went, if you smell, Reigns put his hand. I cannot explain how excited I was for this segment. You know, like anybody watching this, this was incredible. Because I've been kind of going, oh, what's Roman doing in this whole thing with the rock? And then finally stopping him and asking the rock to acknowledge him is just unbelievable, you know. And the rock did. And the bloodline stood tall with even Reigns finishing off the Rock's catchphrase. It just looked like an L, but it was the finger going up for the bloodline. I mean, Gina, well, I'm going to talk to everybody about this, but Gina, I'll start with you first. I mean, the Rock, when we talk about the Hill Rock, but Roman here was on another level as well. Yeah, it was definitely a chilling segment. I I really kind of felt it from from both Rock and Roman, but Roman definitely sold his individuality and trying to show everyone, yeah, even though I've got the Rock coming in and, and he's on my side, I'm showing you all that even he will acknowledge me because I'm on a different level. You know, he's not trying to ride a coattail here. He's mar- He's marking his own path. And so he's trying to literally tell the world, including his own family, being Rocky, you need to acknowledge me too. Because if you don't, then that the rest of the world isn't going to, you know. So it was just a truly chilling segment. And even though it was like 40 minutes of just opening segment of Bloodline, I was all here for it because that's storytelling for you. And that's what makes going into the WrestleMania story that much more exciting. Without a doubt, you know, and you're right. They could have rushed to have Cody and Seth coming out and answering the challenge straight away, but you'll leave it till next week. And, and again, I mean, Jaxie, I've talked to you about this. The match set, you know, that tag team match is arguably bigger than the actual main event of night two because we've never seen it before, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot more excitement behind the Rock and Roman teaming together than there is, you know, the Rock facing Roman um, at WrestleMania. So there definitely seems to be a lot of hype um, behind night one and and this match particularly. Um, But also you could say that that there's a manner of importance behind this match because the the winner of this match really um, has like a strong advantage going into night two. Um, So, you know, this is sort of like, you know, stakes are on the line at this point. and, and we'll just have to kind of see how things go from there. But I, I can only imagine that WrestleMania is going to be carnage with this now. Yeah, it really is. You know, it's unbelievable. Uh, uh, Monty, I mean, I know you've been watching wrestling for a while and, of course, know about the past. And I lived kind of through the attitude era and stuff. And, you know, when The Rock says about wrestling being cool again or wherever it is, I mean, it is as electric now. That crowd and the way everything was going on it had kind of like, it did remind me of the Attitude Era 
with just how kind of rabid everything was, you know. And like Gina said, this was 40 minutes, and I could have watched it for the whole two hours, you know. Yeah, I think uh, it's just something as simple as him calling it professional wrestling, The Rock, the entire time. He hasn't said entertainment. They're getting there. It seems like they're moving away from just saying this is entertainment. They... The Rock has said professional wrestling, even in his 20-minute Instagram promo. Like, that's another thing. I think that's what it is. He, that he's just well, all yeah. in. Yeah, he's just all in. I think that's all that shows. Like, a lot of people was really wondering, like, ah, oh, we're going to get this bunch of The Rock. And maybe some of the hate comments about what they people assume would happen if he was just going to fight Roman, maybe some of that motivated The Rock to be like, oh, no, this is going to be a, a, a legitimate build. And uh, and the the beauty of this segment, like you guys mentioned, like not only was the the Rock himself on fire, but even with Roman's facial expressions, I think he immediately the fact that he couldn't get everybody to acknowledge him, but then when the Rock comes out and literally called them crackheads, they chant Rocky name, like you know what I mean? Like you can see Rome, the gears turning in Roman's head. That's something Roman is just great at is making the right facial expression, and you can just see he was slightly annoyed by the difference in reaction. And that's why I felt like it seemed like, okay, that's why he's making The Rock acknowledge him right now. Not only for what you guys mentioned earlier about what it would look like if The Rock didn't and how he's been kind of looking like an afterthought with the way The Rock just kind of can take over an entire segment. Uh, But, yeah, no, I think this is awesome. But I also think this sets it up perfectly. If if they do a swerve and The Rock costs Roman on night two or something or, or anything, you can go back to this moment when Roman had the nerve to make the biggest star literally in the world <laughs> acknowledge him. as well, yeah. It was the reaction yeah, the, the, the delayed Rock. reaction, exactly. Yeah, like, uh, it, the it, Rock it, stared at him, and it was kind of yeah. like, hold on now. Like, are you you know, you know sure you want to do this? Like, we got to think about who The Rock is. Like, he's the biggest star in their family, and he's literally a high chief outside of this. Like, in Samoa, he's a high chief. He's over what Roman is talking about. So the fact that Roman even had the gall to go there with him can't come back to bite him, you know. But also I understand why Roman, the character, would do it because that's the type of egomaniac that Roman has become. So, again, the gear, you can go so many different directions with this story. And I just, as well, yeah. Like I said, yeah, that's, exactly. All the fans were like, Don't forget the original intention was the... <laughs> right, exactly. Don't forget the original intention was the Rock was supposed to fight Roman. So this could be a great setup for the future when we actually get the Rock versus Roman. So it's making that match even bigger, even though we're pivoting and going with Cody versus Roman. You know what I mean? So, yeah, the tag match is unique. I'm Like you guys mentioned, we're all in. Professional wrestling is very cool. AEW, WWE, what we're doing right now, just in general in American wrestling, is some of the coolest stuff ever. And I think right, the build to WrestleMania so far is a big part of it. It is unbelievable at the moment how good, especially SmackDown was today with that. And we know now next SmackDown that we're going to have Cody and Rollins face-to-face with them. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Elsewhere, Tiffany Stratton beat Naomi quickly and then Bailey and Dakota Kai versus the Kabuki Warriors. And Dakota Kai turned on her 14th tag team partner uh, as she did turn on Bailey. I mean, she didn't get the tag injured in the match. Did anybody not twig on? But to be fair, Bailey fired up, fended off Oscar and Kari Sane, turned her fury towards Kai, but she was unloaded by the hills as um, the champion laid her laying and damage control laughed it off. The only good news, I think, Gina, about this 
is that it didn't happen at Mania. Because I was wondering if they were going to do it then. But at this point, it means maybe Bailey will have a revenge. Yeah, again, I was slightly worried that it was going to be a similar situation to Karrion Cross and Bobby Lashley feud um, in terms of just lagging it out and dragging to WrestleMania to the point that then people would just not grow to care. But thankfully, they didn't long it out. We knew this was going to happen. We could see it. So I'm glad that they did it here. And it was done well. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. But I'm very thankful that they've done it now rather than long it out any longer. Uh, I would agree. And again, I was shocked as well when uh, we saw Dominic Control celebrating backstage and Jay Cargill confronted them. You know, and I go, don't tease me with this if you're not going to do it. You know, like, I don't looks, know why. <laughs> that looks absolutely awesome. But I'm also like, Jade is so much taller than all of them. <laughs> Jeez, like they're like, if they were on each other's shoulders with like coats on, yeah. they still wouldn't be as tall. <laughs> Yeah, she'd still be able to boot kick them in the face. <laughs> uh, well, we see Brom Breaker beat another NXT talent. Monty, why are they fucking with me? Why are they giving Brom Breaker main roster debut and he's facing NXT talents? Doesn't make any sense, does it? <laughs> yeah, not, not really, but I mean, I didn't mind it because at least they would. They seem like they're going the Bill, the Bill Goldberg route though. Because bring the bell spear. <laughs> And what does this remember, say for you, boys? Are you on Queen? Remember when I said Zion Queen? <laughs> yeah, remember he was my man. Right? <laughs> I'm glad you don't forget. Uh, street fight: Carlito versus Santos Escobar, and Rey Mysterio returned. I thought it was a great move for a second, but no, it was Rey Mysterio. He unloads on Angel Garza <laughs> and Humberto Grillo en route to aid his LWO teammate Carlito in a victory over Santos Escobar. Like I said, the street fight was extremely well done with everybody running in. And, of course, the return of the eventual Hall of Famer. Uh, Jack C, again, another storyline that's been going for a little while now. But now as Ray has, has returned, you know, we are going to see mm. the matchup with either Santos or kind of Legado and LWO continue. Yeah, I mean, I, I ultimately, again, like you just said, I feel like this story is kind of getting rounded up and perfected to be a WrestleMania-type match, you know, like faction versus faction, especially with the return of Ray. So, I mean, it's exciting to see where things go from here now that Ray's just recently gotten himself back involved. Um, I think they've been building things really well for Santos right now, um, and he has been sort of like on a real... Um, uh, like tear with when it comes to his dominance and his faction, um, but it, it's still up in the air as to you know kind of which way this things will will end up for either team at the moment. Oh, without doubt. Um, La Knight went looking for AJ Styles and was told he wasn't there. Maybe should have asked earlier. And in the main event, Randy Orton beat Austin Theory with Kevin Owens joining him in dispatching the hills. That was Grayson Waller as well. So the two baby faces stood tall. Stand out the show. I tell you what, Austin Theory, though, might not get him booked that well, but by God, that RKO Monty and the selling of the stunner, he's, at least he's trying, you know? Yeah, uh, uh, he's been he's been trying his best to uh, get himself. I don't know if he I don't know if he's in the doghouse or not. However, you want to look at it, but he's been he's been baking the best of everything that he's been given. So I wouldn't be surprised if eventually he. Uh, you know, gets a push at some point. Because that's the thing about theory. People forget this. And I heard a lot of people act like he's damaged goods. He'll never be able to recover. 
Man, this dude's like 25, 20. Like, he's so young. Like, Thier got plenty of time. And I think he can he can be fine. And I think, like you mentioned, the selling and just the effort. Him and Randy put on a really entertaining contest. So, I think Thier will be all right. He's just got to be giving more. And uh, hopefully uh, they don't drop the ball with him like they seem to do at least two times now. <laughs> but like I said, it's going to be interesting as we head towards WrestleMania. And, of course, our next show will be night one of WrestleMania, uh, where we catch up with kind of Raw and SmackDown. Uh, and, of course, next week as well, we've got AEW. Uh, I'm not going to do predictions. We'll just send them tomorrow. But what I will do, as anticipation, I've just asked each of you a question. So, Jackson, I asked you first, out of the matches going on AEW Revolution, which one are you looking forward to the most? Oh, that, that's... um. That's a really good question. I'm going to have to say the main event, Samoa Joe versus Hangman versus Swerve. Um, I think they've just done excellent build-up with it and with the most recent sort of promo that we did uh, get a chance to see um, with Hangman Page and Swerve lately. Uh, it just it was such a great promo that has really just led to excitement. So I'm going to go with the main event. Yeah, that's a great shout. Monty, what about you? What match? Yeah, storyline-wise, I have to agree with about the triple threat. I think that's probably been by far the most entertaining story. But matches, Danielson and Kingston, they're going to absolutely try to kill each other. I can't wait to see that. And, of course, the catchers and Osprey. They're going to go out there and just put on the best show, even if it don't really make sense while they're fighting. I'm sure something, shenanigans may happen after or even maybe even during. But they're going to they're gonna go out there and kill it. But I think Danielson and Kingston also – yeah, don't 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 sleep on that. I think they'll go in there and just actually have a really physical, personal type of match. I can't wait to see how that goes. Yeah, that's gonna be really interesting. And Gina, what about you? Yeah, I'm gonna say the exact same. I'm looking forward to the main event, Triple Threat. But um, shout out to the Osprey and Takeshita match because I I really like both of those two. So for me, I'm getting quite giddy and in the sense of getting this match. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, too. Well, I'm interested. <clears throat> Thanks for asking, everybody. Uh, I'm interested in Dana Perazzo versus Tony Storm because with Perazzo, she's a great talent, but I'm worried that if they should just lose and then be kind of put back in obscurity, if given enough time and Tony wants to work rather than kind of more character, I think it can be something really, really good. And, of course, for me as well, it's going to be interesting saying goodbye to another legend, of course, Sting's retirement match as well. Uh, he said he's going to put up a hell of a performance. God knows what he's going to do, uh, but we know it's going to be special. Uh, and um, maybe that might be the main event. I'm not sure, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, of course, Sting's last match. But we'll bring you all that next week with our AEW Revolution review. So that's it. Don't forget, we're across all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR Journal. You can find the entire WNR team on the Twitter banner. Jack C, where can people find and listen to you? Uh, am I wrong, or you've been doing more gaming as well? Is that kind of open to everybody or not? Yeah, um, uh, I've just been doing a, a lot more streaming as of late, so you can find me on Twitch, Instagram, and X slash Twitter, um, but all at Jack C Scarlet. Cool. And Gina, you doing the same? 
Yeah, same for me. We both do um, individual streaming, but we also stream together on some online games that you can play together. Um, so just content warning, A, for Potty Mouth and B, Screams. Uh, but you can find me on all three platforms at Purple Pain. Uh, and Monty as well. I know your podcast is officially back. Yeah, yeah. Check out the Mind and Much podcast. New episode. Uh, should be dropping by Friday this week again. Uh, I'm doing it every other week, bi-weekly now. So I usually take a week off and I get right back into it. So going into this one, I'll probably do a brief, just get my thoughts on Revolution and AEW as a whole going forward. As, uh, you know, because they got a lot of big things seemingly coming up, especially in March. So ready to talk about some more of that. You know, uh, maybe give my thoughts on how uh, on what the rock got going on and you know maybe a couple of personal updates but other than that uh just be looking out for that if you haven't listened to my elimination chamber uh deal or when i kind of talked about a lot of the announcements Tony Khan has made and what's been going on that's my latest podcast it's already up you can click the link in my bio or you can hit my pin tweet uh but yeah at at mind of monthly pod on twitter check me out or type in mind of monthly wherever you listen to podcasts you should be able to find it Hit me up if you don't. And double also on Facebook and Instagram uh, across all Google platforms. Send us an email at doublepodcast at gmail.com and YouTube another podcast. We have all latest clips and podcasts go at the same time on YouTube. We do SoundCloud on your phone. Also Spotify and iTunes where you can download, rate and review there. You can also subscribe if you want. Next episode is AW Revolution, which of course is next weekend. But until then, I've been James Rollins and was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Thank you for joining us, Jaxie. I know we had some problems before, but we got through it. There's ups and downs always with this, with this podcast, um, and it's always been fun. So on to the next one. See you guys soon. All right, Dad. And of course, the mind of Monty. Can anybody stop him? I have to stop you at Revolution, Monty. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see how we'll see how that goes. We will see. Uh, I feel I want to apologize to anybody who really hate Drew McIntyre. Please don't listen to this episode. All right, all right. This is fun. Do you know anybody that listens to Drew McIntyre or hates Drew McIntyre? Listen, to this can fuck right off. You are not welcome here. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> wow. Fuck uh, and anyway, and in private conversation, I'm just about to have with Gina. But Gina, please win the AEW predictions because Monty is catching up with AEW at the moment. He told me, all right? So we need to get the job done. Yeah. Otherwise, it's Being watched a lot of these me. I have yeah. to. I'm going to bring my to Gina. Do it for sure. us. I'll, I'll bring it for sure. I'll try. What about you? Aren't you competing? What about Jackson? Come on, man. Now, this leave this poor sod alone, okay? I think <laughs> Don't kick someone when they're down, Monty. Come on. <laughs> no, she's gone. Well, that's it. We're going to go now as well then. So <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. Um, bye. <laughs>